Welcome back, everybody, to the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Jaworski, joined, as always, by my good pal, Justin Turpin. Justin, we're going to get you to talking to the mic this week, and we're going to recap NFL Week 10. How are you? Alex, I'm doing all right. Uh, great week of football. I feel like we say that every week, but this week especially. some uh, A lot of good games. A uh, couple of bad beats included. Uh, we will not get into those because I... I have uh, they kept me up last night. Thank you, Nick Chubb. But we'll get right into it, like you said, Alex. So last week, uh, again, unprepared sports journalists. We don't have our records right in front of us, but uh, we're going to kind of go as we go on here uh, in the program. So starting off, we get the Washington football team losing, uh, I'd say, a heartbreaker to the uh, Detroit Lions. 30-27 is your final. Alex Smith throws for 390 passing yards. Uh what a great bounce back game for his first start in over three years it was. Alex Smith threw the ball 55 times, didn't have one turnover. They also trailed by two possessions at one point. They trailed majority of this game. Uh, the Detroit Lions uh, choked up that lead. I think they got the ball back with like 20-something seconds left and ended up hitting the game-winning field goal. Matt Prater from 59 yards away as time expired. I'd say that's a heartbreaker as well, Alex. You know, you think you forced overtime, um, and then Matt Prater comes in 59 yards for the win. That's no joke. Matt Prater, one of the best in the business, uh, shows why right there. Um, for the Detroit Lions, they advanced to 4-5 and five on the year. Again, the NFC North, not the most talented division outside the Green Bay Packers, but Definitely a heartbreaker. Well, Alex Smith, you know, we said uh, we didn't know what we would expect from him going into this game against the Detroit Lions in Detroit. He certainly showed up 38 to 55, 390 yards, no turnovers. That's pretty impressive when you throw the ball 55 times. So good to see Alex Smith succeed. And uh, another thing, DeAndre Swift, the rookie for uh, the Detroit Lions there, 67, uh, 16 carries for 81 yards on the ground. Does Detroit finally have a running back? You know, it's been Bo Scarborough. Uh, who else are we looking at? Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick. Like, Classic Thanksgiving starter. The Detroit Lions have just been looking for their guy at running back for so long now. Yesterday, before the game, they named DeAndre Swift the starter. For, for Well, for the game. For the game. And um, he certainly impressed. So I think he's in a similar role as uh, Damian Harris over in New England that, you know, they get that number one job, they don't want to give it up. But good win for the Lions. Uh, well, not quite when you blow uh, blow that lead. But to hang on, a win's a win, especially when you're a sub-500 team. But Alex Smith, uh, good to see him succeed. I feel like the Lions are, I know we love the term sneaky, but they're sneaky four and five now, I feel like. I don't know if I'm the only one out there. Oh, but Right, when they, when they go into Arizona and beat the Cardinals. Yeah, that's pretty big. And especially Thanksgiving, always a guaranteed win. So, well. Always for the Detroit, for the Detroit Lions, at least. Not in recent memory. It, it, oh, exactly. But uh, anyway, uh, Swift also caught all five targets he had for 68 yards and a touchdown, too. So, dual threat. I definitely think they should keep him in that kind of cowbell spot or bell cow. The bell, bell cow. cow. I said cowbell, more cowbell. Kind of keep him in that bell cow spot because I feel like he can take up all those hits. He was moving the ball very well against a, of course, a depleted or not even depleted, a terrible Washington football team defense. But That defense actually isn't as bad for the names. Their names aren't really there except for when you think of the Washington defense, you think of Chase Young. But their defense surprisingly is not that bad, but uh, the team itself – that's a different story, and what can we expect? The team doesn't have a name. No, of course not. 
But I think that Swift, if he can continue that kind of role, I, I'd love to see him in that, especially as a fantasy owner of his. Amen. But either way, great game for him. And a good win for the Detroit Lions hold off the Washington football team. 30-27, you're fine. On next game up, we got the Packers beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 24-20, a little closer than uh, most of would have thought. Again, a uh, solid performance from Jake Luton. Jake Luton, free Luton. 169 yards and a touchdown. James Robinson again, proving he is one of the top running backs in the league and in fantasy as well. Not that that matters to him. 23 attempts for 109 yards. DJ Chark, four receptions for 56 yards. Aaron Rodgers, 325 yards, two touchdowns, keeps up his MVP caliber season. And MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, four receptions, 149 yards for a touchdown. My famous, well, famously, my least favorite player, MVS. Started him, I think it might have been one of the Monday night games last year in fantasy, trying to seal the deal. Couldn't get a win, and he's been forever off the Christmas card list. So he's dead to me as far as I know. But... Packers do get a victory. A little closer than uh, most would have hoped. Absolutely. Uh, to only win by four at home against the Jaguars, this is a game where we thought they'd blow the doors, uh, blow the doors off. 13-point favorites. Yeah, Jake Luton, uh, he looked good again. Aaron Rodgers continues to stay hot, and so does Devontae Adams. He scores another touchdown. Could have had two. One gets called back for a penalty. But the Green Bay Packers start off 7-2 and two for the second straight season under head coach Matt LaFleur. Green Bay Packers, it's not it's not the prettiest victory, but a victory is a victory. Um, at home, yes, they struggle, but you know what? If, if every t- if every good team, you know, if every team came out and whooped ass, then what would we have, right? It, it's like a, four, a, a win's a win. They had a 17-point second quarter. Not the game that everyone expected from the Green Bay Packers, but again, a win is a win. Win's a win, win's a win, and especially for Tom Terrific out there in Tampa Bay, 46-22, 46-23 victory over the Carolina Panthers. I mean, we all knew it was coming. We called it from a mile away. Tom Brady off a terrible loss. Always bounces back. Beats the Carolina Panthers, who have been okay. They haven't been great. 23 points. I mean, 23 points is 23 points. 341 yards, three touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown for Tom Brady. Ronald Jones, Rojo, longest, uh, the fourth longest or tied for the fourth longest uh, rushing touchdown in NFL history, 192 yards and a touchdown yesterday. Chris Godwin, leading receiver for the Bucs, seven or six receptions for 92 yards. Teddy B, who was questionable coming out of this game for next week, 146 yards and two touchdowns. Mike Davis, not quite the replaceable Mike Davis like we've seen for Christian McCaffrey in the past. Seven attempts for 42 yards or 30, 32 yards, excuse me, and uh, David Moore, or DJ Moore, four receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Like I said, no surprise here. Exactly. Tom Brady, 28 to 39, 341 yards, three touchdowns, and adding a rushing touchdown as you added. Again, Tom Brady doesn't have back-to-back bad games, and he loves to beat up on subpart teams. Ronald Jones, 98-yard touchdown run, longest in Tampa Bay history. Always impressive when you see a run. Probably one of the most exciting plays in football, other than the deep ball, is a, a long run. Right up the middle. Right. Always incredible to watch. But comes as no surprise the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously on national television against the New Orleans Saints, get absolutely beat down, put up three points. So they were looking for a bounce back, and they certainly got it. So not a surprise here. Tom Brady does not have back-to-back bad games, like we said. And um, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he continues to look good, and hopefully all, all is well with Teddy Bridgewater. The good news is uh, with his knee injury, it was not the knee 
that he had reconstructed that almost ended his career when he was with the Minnesota Vikings. So that's always good news. Um, so just hoping for the best for Teddy, you know, a guy that almost, like I said, had a career-ending injury with the Minnesota Vikings. So you want to see him uh, stay healthy, especially because he's having a good year. You know, what we, we always say, it was Teddy Bridgewater worth all that money? I don't know. He's been very consistent. He, he hasn't he sure been has. he hasn't been above average. He's been consistent. So I mean that's really all you need in a quarterback at this day and age in the NFL, especially with everything we've seen in the past couple of years with quarterbacks, just Especially when you're when you're used to having Christian McCaffrey. Oh, of course. Who could also uh terrible news for the Carolina Panthers. He could miss more time than originally expected. So not good for the Carolina Panthers. So we saw that one game he was back against Kansas City Chiefs, they hang around with arguably the top team in the league. So shows the Christian McCaffrey effect in that sense. But again, not a game that we, uh, not, not something that we are really shocked by. Nope. Nothing surprising there. Surprising enough. We were three and zero through the first three games. We just recapped. We're going to be three and one here. Giants do defeat, do defeat. The giants win against the Philadelphia Eagles, 27, 17, a game in which I knew the giants would win. But I only picked with you because you swayed me. I knew they would win because the Eagles are historically inconsistent in their games, especially this season of all seasons. And the NFC East just being a total dumpster fire. I mean, dumpster fires, right? 3-5-1 and one, Philadelphia Eagles still hold first place in the NFC East. Still hold it. So not a ton on the stat sheet here. Danny Jones had a nice uh, touchdown run. Nine attempts, 64, nine attempts, sorry. 64 yards and a touchdown for him. 243 244 yards through the air for Danny Jones. Carson Wentz was the Carson Wentz of who we all knew and loved. Sure was. 209 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, not really getting the ball in the end zone there. Should have started Matt Stafford. Should have started Matt Stafford. Definitely should have there. I was torn on it, and I went with Carson Wentz. He was the number 13 scorer in fantasy. I was like, all right, let's give him a shot. He performed well against the Giants last time. Put up 28 the last time they met on that Thursday night game. Uh, He left me with eight points out to dry, which will ultimately lose me my fantasy matchup. So thank you, Carson Wentz. You suck. Yeah, not great for them. But the Giants move into second place. Eagles are still a game and a half above them in the standings. But very crucial game with a tiebreaker. Who knows what this season holds? So still uh, seven weeks or more of football left. Giants get the victory. We're 3-1. and one. The Giants are starting to play better football. They sure are. Um, they, I don't know what it is. but I don't, Yeah, I don't know what happened either. But they're certainly starting to play better football. Uh, the Giants, they're starting to put it together. And, and you know what? This is when you wonder, though. What if they played like this all year? I mean, they would have a big lead on the uh, NFC East, clearly, as this this division is an absolute dumpster fire. But the Giants starting to play better football. You know, they they showed us on national television against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that they can hang around with good teams. Um, so you know, they cut. They lost to uh, they lost that close game to Philadelphia. All of their last almost ever since that San Francisco game, all of their games have been decided by one possession. Um, to the, to the Rams, they lost by eight. Dallas, they lose by three. Um, and that was the game that obviously Dak Prescott had that horrific injury. Uh, they, they win by one to the football team, um, then lose by one to the Eagles, lose by two to the Bucks, win by three to the football team, win by ten to the Philadelphia Eagles. So Giants are starting to play better football. Uh, is Are they something to watch? Absolutely not. They still sit at three and, seventh, three and seven, which is still second in the NFC East, which I can repeat that all day because it just blocked blows my mind that a team at three and seven could be second in their division and a team that's three, five and one can hold first place. Uh, so 
just so ridiculous, the NFC East. Um, glad this game is a Sunday at 1 o'clock game, not a, a Thursday night or a Monday night, because they, they tend to love to give us shitty divisional games for primetime games, i.e. tonight, Bears and Vikings. Yep, 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 yep. Anywho, next game up, Texans, Browns win, well, the Browns win a barn burner, 10-7. to 7. <laughs> Not. Uh Terrible weather for this game. Weather the game was actually in a weather delay for what a half near close to a half hour there. Yeah, they resumed play at one thirty seven, so it was uh, in there for about a half an hour. They were uh, in a weather delay, which you know I can only imagine how hectic that was because um, Cleveland was one of the states that actually allowed fans. Um, Ohio, rather, was one of the states that. Uh, Oof. That um, <laughs> Cleveland was one of the one of the teams I meant to say that uh, allowed uh, fans into the stands. So. You can only imagine, you know, with Thunder and Lightning, they obviously have to rush the fans into the concourses, staying six feet. Concourses are only so big. I'm not sure off the top of my head how many people they allowed into the stands, but uh, probably a, a little scary moment if you're uh, in charge over there in Cleveland, a, a little uh, uh, mayor over there or whatever it may be. I mean, probably a little bit worried uh, rushing those fans into the concourse, trying to keep them all six feet apart, of course, but uh, probably a little something to watch there, but, you know, just kind of a little thing, but... Uh, Cleveland, fewest points in a win since week eight in 2012. Not that they've had many wins since 2012, but only putting up 10 points. They should have had 17. Thank you, Nick Chubb. Yeah, Nick Chubb, I don't think you want to talk about him too much, but he did have 19 carries for 126 yards and a touchdown. Almost had two. Uh, Stepped out at the three-yard line. Bad beat for everybody who took the Browns with the points, of course. They Minus did not four. cover. They did not cover. As they win by three. But Cleveland, they advanced to six and three, four and one at home. This uh, this running back, this two-headed monster they got with Chubb and Hunt could be some real, something real special to watch, uh, especially with you know the inconsistent play with Baker Mayfield. You take pressure off of Baker Mayfield's shoulders by handing the ball off to Hunt and Chubb. And people forget, you know, Kareem Hunt's a stud, you know, um, not off the field for sure, but on the field, he's a stud. And he wasn't cut because of lack of performance on the field. In, in fact, he was one of the better running backs in the league when he got released by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, obviously couldn't keep his head straight off the field, but you know what? Hey, dude's a baller, and that's all you can really – that's how you got to look at it. And, you know, they have – Two great running backs, and that's big for the Cleveland Browns because, again, you take pressure off Baker Mayfield's shoulders, and that's really what you got to focus on as a guy who's just been so terribly inconsistent. So good for the Cleveland Browns, and uh, I'm excited to see what this duo can do fully healthy together. Tell you who isn't, who hasn't been a stud is Baker Mayfield. His passing yards under prop moved to 8-1 and one on the year. After yesterday, as he threw 132 yards, his OU was set at 204 and a half passing yards. Didn't even sniff it. 132 yards, Baker Mayfield, and he's making all these ridiculous comments on his uh, during his uh, post game interview, like he's you know, real G's moving silence like lasagna when he was talking about who's he talking about? Uh, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, yeah, he's talking about Miles Garrett saying real G's moving silence like lasagna. I'm sorry, but I hate this guy. He sucks. I hate Baker Mayfield. He is like, he's on way too many commercials, first of all. That's something you do when you're like kind of retired. Not when you're, you suck and you're playing your number one draft pick, you suck. And your team's sitting at six and three, not at all because of your play, because of your defense. Miles Garrett gets a sack every single game. 
something. It's some crazy stuff what Miles Garrett's doing. And like we said, that run game. So, Baker, you suck. You are obnoxious. Just like, please, just shut your mouth. Like, just, just, just show us something. If you're good, you can be cocky. But if you're not good, then like, I don't want to hear it. This isn't Oklahoma anymore, to say Absolutely the least. Absolutely not. So, no planting the flag here. Anyway, moving on. Four and one we are so far. Well, here we. This is where we get a little hairy here. Uh, you were going to apologize to me for this game. However, I am not going to apologize for you to this game, though. Either way, 32-30, Cardinals beat the Bills. Hail Murray! Hail Murray! Okay, Mike Tirico. It's a Hail Murray! Mike Tirico, please. I get that you have to say it every time, but like, you know, a little variety here. It's a Hail Murray! And he goes down for the Hail Murray! Like, I get people are, are just tuning into fo- fo- uh, what is it, Football Night in America or whatever Football it is Night in America, yeah. on NF- uh, NBC. This guy, I might have heard him say that like 10 times in the span of 35 minutes. Okay, you know what? The, and that's way too this much. This is the thing that like kind of blows my mind even more than the pass itself. This is a tweet from Ian Rapport this morning. According to Next Gen Stats, Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray's Hail Mary touchdown pass to DeAndre Hopkins had a 16.9% completion probability. The third most improbable completion of Murray's career. Cannot believe there were two more improbable. You mean to tell me that had a 16.9% completion chance? Triple coverage? I think it was four Buffalo Bills defenders around them. Kyler Murray rolling out just DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, great branding for the Jordan, uh, the Jumpman logo there. His, his gloves, I don't know if you saw it. He had the Jordan, Jordan brand gloves on, just mossing all these like Nike Adidas. He's just going over them. So Pretty good. But you know what? His 6XL gloves. His six X gloves. Is is it only me that just thinks that's like ridiculous that that had a sixteen point nine percent chance? Oh no, no, no way. Sixteen point nine. I feel like that's too much. That's uh, that's way too much. I would think like a point one six nine, not six sixteen point nine. Pretty high. Four defenders around him. Two seconds on the clock. That's a sixteen point nine. That is just ridiculous. Yeah, that's kind of. I really, I really want to see the math and the logic. I'm not at all a math guy. Part of the reason we're here at CSB, no math, no, math. no nothing. But uh, that's just that. When I read that this morning, I looked at you. I said, did they really just say this is a 16.9% of completion? Next gen, baby. Next gen. That is just ridiculous. That so, is next gen bullshit is what it is. <laughs> Bills fall to seven and three on a, I wouldn't call it a fluke, but I mean, hey. Oof. he that, Right I when be- Stefan Diggs made that uh, that diving that diving grab that gave him the lead with, uh, what, like 18 seconds left. I looked at you and I said, you know what? You, you, he, said, he said, I'm going to have to apologize. I said, we're gonna have I, a, said, I said, we're going to have a role reversal on the show, and I'm going to be apologizing for a Buffalo Bills loss. Well, you said it night. earlier on in the game when it was a little, uh, was a little, what, wider margin for the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills led by two possessions at one point. So he said, I'm going to apologize to you. I said, well, it's not over yet. And then I... I don't think I said anything till the Diggs touchdown when you said, again, I'm going to have to apologize to you. And I said, oh, yeah, feels nice. And then, you know, Mari. You know what, Alex? I am still going to issue an apology here. You know why? Our Buffalo Bills showed out. What are you going to do? There's four defenders There's nothing you can do. There's literally nothing you can do. Apparently, there's 16.9% chance of that play occurring and actually happening, which is, again, next-gen bullshit. But, um Alex, I do want to apologize. You know, when I picked the Arizona Cardinals, I wasn't thinking a uh, a Hail Mary from 43 yards away with two seconds left to DeAndre Hopkins. And, to win the uh, game. 
four men coverage. I don't even know. It's triple coverage is the, the highest I know. What's that? Quadruple. Quadruple, quadruple coverage. Again, not a math guy, but uh, quadruple coverage. This is not at all how I expected this one to go. So, Alex, I do want to issue an apology, but the Buffalo Bills let up 17 third quarter points. Can't be doing that, Buffalo. That's our team, but uh, that's a heartbreaker for Buffalo. And, you know, they showed us again that they can, they can hang around. And you know what? I just wish that they give the Arizona Cardinals uh, all these primetime games because they never fail to disappoint on exciting finishes. Never. Something about never. that stadium out in Glendale, Arizona. Last, they, Like I said, they've been home for the last three games. Two out of the three of those have come down to the last second and just haven't have had incredible finishes. So Arizona, they are a fun team to watch. So great game yesterday. Oh, definitely the best game on the slate. But again, 16.9% chance. I mean... I'm going to go home and have to crunch some numbers because I, I, that's just not true. That, that, that's no way that's, that's accurate. And you're not a number cruncher. And to say you're going to crunch numbers, oof, there's going to be steam coming out of your ears. Yeah, yeah there so, sure is. <laughs> Bills fall to 7-3. and three. Cardinals move to 6-3 and three for a three-way tie in the NFC West. You got my division right? NFC West. Yeah, Absolutely. NFC yep. West. So three-way tie in the NFC West. Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. All six and three. So that'll sh- certainly be an interesting playoff picture. Let me give you a nice segue. And speaking of an interesting playoff picture, footnote for uh, an interesting playoff picture. Go ahead. You know who else is six and three? Who's that? The Miami Dolphins. You want to talk about an interesting playoff picture? The Miami Dolphins are six and three. 29-21 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. Tua Tungavailoa, 169 yards, two touchdowns. Salvin Ahmed, 21 attempts, 85 yards and a touchdown. I don't know. He had 85 (laughs) yards. Again, who? (laughs) Jakeem Grant, four catches, 43 yards and a touchdown. Chargers, I don't know, just can't seem to string it together at all, at all. And then, you know what? One year ago today, on this day, um, what is today, the 16th? Yep. Tua Tua suffered his season-ending hip injury with Alabama. Yesterday, he improved to 3-0 as a starter with the Dolphins. He has five touchdowns, no picks. And he's beaten the Rams, the Chargers, and the Cardinals. So he's outdueled three young quarterbacks. Jared Goff, one of the higher-paid quarterbacks in the NFL, which, mm-hmm. again, is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got Jared Goff. He beats Kyler Murray, who's now making a case for MVP again. Six and three. Who's sitting at six and three. And then you beat Justin Herbert, who has been impressive. He's been playing unbelievable football. So this audition for Tua has turned out pretty damn impressive mm-hmm. as he has the Miami Dolphins. Well, partially because of Fitzy. So we'll say he has the Miami Dolphins sitting at three wins straight. Or, yeah, he does because Fitzy won the last the, the fourth against the Jets. But um, Tua, you know, you love to see these kind of stories. That You know, this guy, you never knew if his hip was going to be a big problem, if he was even going to play again. That's part of the reason why he moved down to the Dolphins pick. I mean, he was probably going to be number one before Burrow Absolutely. took off at LSU. Absolutely. And, you know, and there was some speculation around the Dolphins even picking him at five because of his hip. And, you know, and and the thing by me is just kind of like I never see lefty quarterbacks succeed other than like Mike Mike Vick and Steve Young. Really can't give you another lefty. That's it. Really. That's it. So lefty quarterbacks also also kind of kind of worry me a little bit. But to, you know, great to great to see these type of stories that a guy who on this day a year ago today. Almost ended his career, and now he's sitting at 3-0 and as a starter with five touchdowns, no picks, and um, 
Another thing with that Miami de- uh, that Miami team is their defense. Where did that defense come from? I said no last idea. Week we on the have show, no idea. We we said last week. Where is this defense right. coming from? And I said I wasn't ready to claim them as legit yet. I, I I think it might be time to buy into the hype of this Miami Dolphins defense. As I, I I'm I think they're a top five unit right now. This defense is incredible, and you know what? Uh, they got Byron Jones in the offseason. They didn't have a bad defense last year, but. Um, Somebody that deserves a lot of credit in that organization is Brian Flores. And uh, shout out to the Dolphins for sticking by Brian Flores. Um, but he's done a great job. Obviously a defensive guy, being the defensive coordinator over with the New England Patriots for a while. But uh, he's done an incredible job. And it's, it's actually kind of, I've always had a soft spot for the Dolphins. I don't know why. I don't know if it's, I, I like I like Dolphins. I like the call. I, I don't know. I love Fitzpatrick. But uh, good to see the Dolphins finally winning something. And you might be mistaken, but there are a few more lefty QBs that have been very successful than you think. So you have Michael Vick. Hit me with them. Matt Leinhart. Tim Tebow. Uh, you just called Tim Tebow successful? Kellen Moore. Don't call, don't call Kellen Moore successful either. Well, he's there established. Two-time All-American, most quarterback. Tim Tebow is only established because of his fourth-quarter comebacks and his prayers to God. Quarterback with the most wins in NCAA Division I football I'm talking NFL. history in Cal- with Kellen Moore. Hold on. I'm talking NFL. Michael Vick. Yes. Chris Sims. Chris Sims. Seriously. Mike Brunel. Three-time Mar- Pro Mar- Bowler. Mark Brunel from the Jaguars. Okay. All right. You can throw him up there. Who we got? So that's three. Steve Young. Steve Young, Mike Vick, and Brunel. Boomer Sison. He's on TV, too. Four-time Pro Bowl, first-team All-Pro, M- so that's M- four. MVP in 1988. Out of, out, of, out of how many righty quarterbacks? Granted, I, I know there's a lot less uh, sample size for lefty quarterbacks. but David Hum, probably no. a backup, two-time Super Bowl champion. Okay, so is Jimmy Garoppolo. Ken Stabler, four-time Pro Bowl, 1974 MVP. Not going to lie, I didn't know he was a lefty. No. And, but did uh, he play in, did, was, was the TVs in colors? If the TV wasn't in color, it doesn't he, matter. He played in the AFL. So maybe maybe okay. That's, so yeah, that's when we draw the line. Maybe that's enough for uh, lefty we, one, QBs. But once there's we a few go, more. There's we, a few more than we, we originally thought. Once we dip into thought. the black and white TVs, then it's over. Then uh, you it know it didn't happen. It, it didn't happen. So the fact that that's in the record book and just like we just burn it because it just didn't happen. <laughs> but I think you know righty quarterbacks, lefty quarter, whatever it is. It's you know there was a lot of risk in taking Tua with a fifth pick, and uh, so far again we're only through three games, and there's been plenty of uh, flashes in the pan. Um, in the NFL over the course of the years, but uh, sitting at three and zero, beating a cup, three good young quarterbacks. You know, obviously, Jared Goff, again, one of the higher paid quarterbacks in the NFL, which again is ridiculous. But good for the Dolphins. I'm glad to see them actually winning something, and um, good for them. Good for Brian Flores. Good for them. So now we both sit at five and two. I'm gonna go to five and three. You're gonna go to six and two. Raiders get a victory over the Broncos. 37-12, Drew Locke just lays a complete goose egg. Four interceptions, 267 yards and a touchdown. Take away those four interceptions, he has a half-decent game, but only putting 12 points up against the Raiders. Not great. Not much doing in this game. Raiders move to 6-3, and three. sneaky 6-3. and three. Drew Locke now has seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions on the season. Granted, he did miss time with a shoulder injury. But... The Vegas Raiders have won five straight home games against the Denver Broncos. They advanced to 6-3, and three, and they will play on Sunday night football for the world to see this upcoming week. Um, going to be interesting. Does, uh, does John Gruden, you know, they gave him, a, what, a 10-year contract, something absolutely out of this world, like bonkers. 
And, you know, they're stuck by him now. You know, they don't have a choice. So does John Gruden, does, you know, does he have something going here for the, for the Raiders? And especially, shout out to Devontae Booker, 83 yards yesterday, two touchdowns against his former team, a guy who, uh, myself being a Broncos fan, thinking he's a nobody. So shout out to Devontae Booker. But uh, I'm excited to see how legit these, uh, these Raiders are. And, you know, we were going to have a good chance of seeing that a couple, two weeks ago when it was um, they were supposed to play the Bucks on Sunday night. I think that was the game they flexed um, yep. the Cardinals and Seahawks to, so I'm not complaining at all. But um, it's going to be interesting to see them on national television to actually get a good look at this Raiders team. But sitting at 6-3, and three, Derek Carr not having a bad year at all. In a year that going into, uh, going into the, the year this year, going through the offseason, People weren't sure if this job was totally his, if struggles came, if if he was going to remain at quarterback. So Derek Carr playing well, the Raiders playing well. Going to be interesting to see them on national television this coming Sunday, and I'm excited for it. So I moved to five and three, you're six and two. We we will both be six and three, eight and two here after the Saints win, 27-13, overshadowing the fact that the whole game is Drew Brees being hurt has a rib injury. Could miss some time. They Could miss some time. They him to miss some time. You know what time it is, baby. It's Jameis. Famous Jameis. Famous Jameis, Let's baby. Let's go. San Francisco's lost three straight games for the first time since 2018. As for the Saints, they stay hot, advancing to 7-2. and two. It is famous Jameis time in the big easy, and I'm fired up for it. This is another audition for Jameis Winston. You know, look what happened last year with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater gets to play five games in relief when Drew Brees goes down with a thumb injury last year. Gets a bag for a five-game audition. Yeah, five-game streak. Gets a bag, becomes a starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Now Jameis, in in an offseason next year, which is set to be pretty crazy with teams having a lot of money available. We'll see what happens. Um See if Drew Brees comes back. That's always somebody a, a, will throw money at Jameis Winston. Absolutely, especially if he can show up and uh, and show why he deserves it. Like I said, look at last year, Teddy Bridgewater, five game audition. He played well. They went five and zero. Oh. He gets what sixty eight million over two uh, two years. Yep. And now Jameis Winston going to be in a similar situation where he gets to a couple weeks to prove himself in a in a off season like we said, which is expected to get pretty crazy. Uh, obviously. It's always a speculation. It has been the last couple of years now. Is Drew Brees definitely going to come back for the Saints next year? Or is he going to hang it up and spend time with his family? And I mean, this is now two years in a row where he's had an injury that has forced him to miss time. It's difficult once you get to that age. And Drew Brees is kind of like, we all know that Tom Brady is kind of like, he's here to stay. Yep. He's going to sign again after that two-year contract with the Bucks he has now. With Drew Brees, it's kind of always a question. You know, even this year. They lose in the wild card to the Vikings, or last year, excuse me. They, they lose to the uh, Vikings in the wild card, and it doesn't come out until a few weeks later that Drew Brees was coming back for another year. So for Jameis Winston, though, this is, this is a good chance to prove himself and see if he can become a starting quarterback in the NFL again, which I think he's got the talent for it. I mean, that dude was blind, and he threw for 30 touchdowns and uh, over 3,000 yards. So going to be interesting. Jameis Winston gets his audition, so good luck to Jameis, our boy, I know the guys over at Barstool Sports love Jameis Winston, so hoping for the best for Jameis and another audition for him. But this game is no surprise again. Uh, the Saints, their defense has been great this year, only allowing 13 points again. Nick Mullins in at quarterback for the Niners, but the Saints playing well. 
team that hasn't been playing well as of late or the last two games here is the Seattle Seahawks as they fall 23-16. They fall to 6-4 or 6-3, excuse me, I can't see. Rams go to 6-3, another, another sneaky 6-3, I might add. 4-0 at home. 4-0 at home at the new in the SoFi new stadium. stadium in Inglewood. Nope, they're not in Inglewood. They're in, uh, I don't know where they are. Somewhere on the West Coast. Inglewood? Hold on. Let's see if I can see this here. Fill time. Inglewood. Actually, fun fact. The Denver Broncos are in Inglewood, California. That's all I got, so you got to hurry up. What? Uh, not California, sorry. Inglewood, Colorado, excuse me. I was going to say. Yep, Inglewood, California. So I was right. Alex was right. Anyway, I don't know. I feel like this game, Seattle, their defense is officially poor. terrible. Officially terrible. Now they, you know, they were kind of, well, let's see. Let's see what these injuries do. Nope, their defense stinks. Russ's MVP ballot is kind of slipping away from him. I don't know if that's really Absolutely his ideal. Is. I was going to hint on that, you know. Like we said on the last episode, uh, Russell Wilson, the reason he had MVP, his chances of winning MVP were so high is because, you know, his value for what he presented to the Seattle Seahawks team, not only was his stats good, which would obviously look at, um, he was the reason this team was sitting at 6-2 and two going into the game. Um, now the Rams have won five out of their last six against Seattle. These, te- these two will see each other in a couple of weeks in Seattle. Going to be interesting. As that could have. It's got certainly got the chance, um, depending on what happens with the Arizona Cardinals. The Tennessee West is going to come down to the wire here. And there's a chance that three out of the four teams get in there in the playoffs. Very, very true. Russ, MVP, slipping away, still no run offense. Obviously, he led the game in rushing for the Seahawks. Eight attempts for 60 yards, so not great. DK, pretty much invisible. Two catches for 20-some-odd yards. Not great for fantasy owners there. And uh, a a game where we both picked the Seahawks, mind you, so not great on our part. Russell Wilson, because Aaron Rodgers is coming in hot. Or Mahomes. Or Kyler Murray, or Mahomes. Or Josh Allen, but there's plenty. All quarterbacks. None of none of them running backs, in my opinion. But. No, none, except for Lamar Jackson. But either way, uh, Steelers get a thirty-six to ten victory over the Bengals. The only point where we were wrong in this game is we said we thought it would be a little closer. Not so much. Twenty-six point win for the Steelers. Three hundred forty-four yard game for Ben Roethlisberger. Four touchdowns for him. James Conner not great. Thirteen attempts for thirty-six yards. He's kind of get a get a kick in the butt somewhere along here to get him back into shape. But. uh Big Ben coming off a not great game against the Cowboys. Who He might have been hurt. Who really knows? And he was activated off the COVID reserve list just on Saturday. Still put together 344 they yards. A, they threw him through a longer walkthrough to get him some made-up practice time. But a guy who's been in the system for long enough. Yeah, he's throwing a newer receivers, though. So definitely kind of hurt a little bit. But uh, like you said, it was a game that we said it would be a little bit closer. Sure was. I, I think I have a conspiracy. I don't think Ben really had close contact. I think he just needed some off time for his uh, little leg there. Is it really that? Is it really that far fetched? No. no. And who, who, are they really paying attention to it? No. No, of course not. So anyone can cry COVID. No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, I was I was exposed, and they have no choice but to give you the rest. Yep. You have to. You know what you I mean. You have to. But I, I think. Uh, they could put him on the COVID list and say that he had close contact, or Ben could have even talked to Mike Tomlin and said, "Listen, I need some time." And then, they or give him some time. he could have said, "Hey, I got 
in contact with someone hey, who had my COVID. Wife's, my wife's friend's sister, brother, yeah, knows this he person. COVID, the guy so at the I'm supermarket, gonna... and they, I, I got to sit. Yeah. So okay. who really knows? Oh, but... Okay, Ben. <laughs> but Pittsburgh Steelers have won 10 straight against the Cincinnati Bengals and have won nine straight on the season. When is their first loss coming? As this Sunday, they play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jake Luton has looked good. Jags have liked to play teams close as of the past two weeks, so something to look out for. I don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers losing to them. Then they get the Ravens on Thanksgiving night at home. And team that the Ravens, we'll get into that specifically on Wednesday when we talk about the Patriots and uh, that game. But the Steelers hosting the Ravens at home on Thanksgiving. They've had the, the Ravens number or had Lamar Jackson's number specifically. So another close one. Then they get the Washington football game, Washington football team at home. Then they go to the Buffalo Bills. I think that's where uh, I think 16-0 is not that far-fetched as they finish the game, uh, season off away in Cincinnati, at home against the Colts, and away in Cleveland. 16-0 is not that far-fetched if they can defeat the Ravens and the Bills. I think, I think it's absolutely possible, but... Uh, Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. So we'll have to see. I think that's the game where they'll go. Uh, what, 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 what will it be? 14-1 and one at that point? Which would be, what are they, 9, 10, 11, 12. So they'd be going for 13-0, and 0, but they'd be sitting at 12-1 and 1 if they lose to the uh, Buffalo Bills. But obviously a big deal because this team, this Pittsburgh team, was one of the first to go on by. So with uh, only one team getting the bye week, Winning your conference is honestly a top-of-the-line thing now because, you know, you get that extra week of rest, especially when their bye week was week three. So they had to play 13 straight weeks, or they have to. They're in the process of playing 13 straight weeks um, until the end of the season and then hoping for that bye week. So that, that again, kind of proves your point. Is that Big Ben thing really that far-fetched? The guy was out all last year with a shoulder injury. He's mm-hmm. had injury problems in the past, obviously getting a little older. He's not in the best shape. It's really not even that far-fetched. You know, the guy, they don't have a bye week. Their bye week is week three, which is very early, which, you know, some teams have a bye week week four. That is the earliest they typically have them. But week three is unheard of early, and that's uh, now we're right in the middle of the season, obviously nine nine games through for the Steelers. This was, they were 8-0. They were in the eighth game, going into the ninth game, middle of the season. All right, Ben, go take your week. You're playing the Bengals. Our defense got it. Not that far-fetched at all. Nope, not at all. But we're moving to the last game here. A game in which you should apologize to me. A real apology. I sniffed this phony team, this phony Ravens team out from the get-go. Patriots win 23-17. Not as close as it actually looked. Ravens got off to a good start in the second quarter. I told you they were a slow first-half team. Didn't really apply here. But the Patriots did outscore them in the first half. Obviously did in the second half as well. Not that it really matters. They won 23-17. The Patriots looked good. Good. They looked Does that mean the stairway is good. to seven is back on? I don't know. You'll have to no. listen in. When, no, don't give it away. You'll have to listen in Wednesday and hear our thoughts on the Patriots It may exclusively. be closer than we but think. But Baltz for Baltimore. This is their first time scoring fewer than 20 points in the last 32 games. 32 games. Uh, Lamar Jackson has started 35. So, 36, I'm sorry. So, um, first time scoring under 20 points. That's a little crazy. But um, 
obviously the monsoon coming in in the fourth quarter did not help but this is a game that we're going to cover more in depth on wednesday when we do our patriots episode so we won't give too much away there because we want you guys to listen in on wednesday give you guys a treat then so guess that leaves us with our our one last thing our monday tradition here patriots played well that's my final comment we'll get to monday night uh, and, and they won. So they played well and they won. And we'll talk about that exclusively on Wednesday here on the Redline Podcast. Be sure to listen and subscribe. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Vikings play the Bears in Chicago. Bear weather. Bears come in as the underdog. Uh, the Bears are have been playing terrible football as of late. Five and four on a losing skid. Justin. Skull. Skull Vikes, baby. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Hopefully going to carry them to the promised land as we need. Alex and I both need Adam Thielen to have a quiet night for us to have a win in fantasy. Again, our own faults. He started Drew Locke. I started Carson Wentz. But um, big, big bye week for us as we both have Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. So when the Chiefs go on by, we go on by. So, um, but I'm going to go with the skull and the Vikes. And again, you can check out my article on the Sports Wave official. I did an article about this game. But, uh, if, if you like points, this is not the game for you. This is going to be a really low-scoring game, a defensive battle, a lot of three-and-outs, and, outs, and uh, comes down to who can run the ball the best, who moves the football better, and it's the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins has been less, been less than impressive, but Dalvin Cook has eclipsed 200 total yards in two straight games. So I'm going to go with the Vikings this one, and I'm uh, not expecting a lot of points. Not at all. The line is low. It is 44 here on uh, CBS Sports. I feel like no, no. The Bears are You ter- buy the point, make it 45. The Bears are terrible at scoring points, so that's going to be a problem. I Last think, night's game didn't even go over. I think too many people are going to be on the Vikings, though, and it'll be one of those situations where the whole like pregame crew picks the Vikings and the Bears win by like three or I something. Don't know. Kirk Cousins is 0-9 on Monday Night Football, and this is the Monday Night Football crew. They know his record on Monday Night Football. Sure do. It's actually, it's no secret that Kirk Cousins absolutely sucks on Monday Night Football. I don't know if it's the bright lights that scare him. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he sees ghosts. Uh, he, he's not afraid of dying, but he's afraid of Monday Night Football. That doesn't make any sense. You, may, you see that clip? He, not scared of dying, not scared of death, not scared of COVID, but he's scared of Monday Night Football. Doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, but... I think Kirk Cousins gets that win, one and nine on Monday Night Football. Dun, 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 dun. Not quite bare weather either. Uh, well, it might be here. Forty-four degrees, fifty percent chance of showers. So something to look out for. Uh, showers go out into the night as the night gets older. So be interesting to see there. Not quite bare weather, but Vikings, Bears. I'm going to go with the Vikings on my pick, but. That's it from us. Justin, if you could be so kind to uh, plug our socials, please and thank you. Yeah, be sure to follow us on Instagram at RedlineSports617 and on Twitter at RedlineSports. Again, that's Instagram at RedlineSports617 and on Twitter at RedlineSports. You could also be sure to follow me at Justin.Turpin. And uh, I'm always down for some talks, uh, so shoot me a message whenever. I'm always down for uh, some fantasy talks, any kind of sports talk. I just don't do any soccer or hockey, but uh, anything else. Hit me up. And Alex, you want to go ahead and plug yours? Yes, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Alex Jaworski underscore. That's on Instagram at Alex Jaworski underscore. Everybody stay safe. Times are getting a little tough now. Getting a little colder too. So if you're uh, affected in any way, be sure to stay safe. Keep your mask over your nose and the mouth. We will see you all on Wednesday for our Patriots Week 10 review. See you then.